kind of kind of the expectation with anything today is that it's going to be plug and play, and within audio, especially, that's not always how audio is. It's not always plug and play. You have to do some troubleshooting, especially, especially on Windows. Yeah, especially on Windows and getting your audio interface to uh, to work on Windows. But part of it comes down to you know, how familiar somebody is with computers, how kind of like tech savvy and computer literate they are. Um, like there's, there's certain people that I wouldn't even, it's like, Oh, you want to get into recording? Well, let's get you this handheld <laughs> recorder. That, that'll, that, that, that'll be, that'll be the, the best thing for you. There's a, there's a technical prerequisite aspect. You have to be a little bit tech savvy. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. If, if you can get a printer to work with your computer, you can probably get an audio interface to work with your computer. You're listening to the GWNL podcast. Guys with no lives talking about audio. Hello and welcome to GWNL podcast episode 19. It's a war in here because it's Mac versus Windows and I am the only Windows person in this entire podcast. So it's going to be both of them trying to like talk me out of using a Windows computer and like fighting me about it because I'm different than everybody else. I'm just built different this way. We've we're already gotten. We've already gotten to it. We're not going to try to convince him not to use a Windows computer. We're just trying to convince him not to speak so ill ill of Mac. That's all. When That's Mac all. deletes my um, audio <laughs> control surface software for my desks at work without asking me. Where my iPad just deletes things that I didn't ask for. Yeah, that's so much better. I'm so glad that I have Big Brother to tell me. That's sorry. Okay, I've, I've never had that issue before, Joe. Sounds like a user error. Yeah. <laughs> really? On an on an iPad, there's user error. I oh thought it was my. designed so you couldn't mm. mess it up. Mm. Not <laughs> at all. It's 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 designed so Brian can't mess it up. Oh but my bad. Joe can. Okay, so I want to before we get into it because we're already getting into it. Yeah, let's get I into the say, real stuff. I want to say one thing. Everyone always is like, oh, you hate Mac. I hate Mac for me. I have definitely directed people. And for the record, Mac is great for people who don't want to learn how computers run or are not familiar with computers and that kind of technology super well. It's a lot more user-friendly. It's a lot more easier. And I, I, I know I make a big deal about it and like because I hate it because, again, my struggle is with somebody else telling me how to use my computer. That's my big issue. It's my computer. I don't like somebody telling me how to do it. For me. For other people, I get it. Macs are great. Okay, with that being said. Well, let, let me enter. This is a good point because this actually goes over, and we we'll, we need to do yeah. one about different DAWs, but it actually goes into DAWs as well and yeah. the customization of the DAWs. So just like you can customize your Windows computer more than you can your Mac because, you know, it's like Windows is like, let's set it up so that you can customize it. And Mac is like, well, you can customize a little bit, but we're going to set up most of it so it runs really smoothly for you and you don't have any customization. A lot of a lot of DAWs have that same kind of issue where they're... Um, like a difference a, of opinion, I would say. Yeah, and that's why, that's why it's okay to use different DAWs than other people. And that's why it's okay to use Mac or Windows. It's not like one is superior to the other. That's the first point that we need to make, right? Yeah. One's not better one than is superior the other. To the other. They're, they're, they're <laughs> just kidding. You can have that opinion, but you're still wrong. Um, <laughs> as long as you're not using Linux, you're fine. In audio. <laughs> I honestly, in, in audio, in audio. There I are wish, people that do though. Like, anyways, yeah. that's a side I wish note. That's that a Linux, whole world. I wish there were more audio things for Linux. That'd be cool. I but I totally agree. But I think Linux is the future. 
Yeah, that's, um, what, that's what we all thought 20 years ago, too. That's, well, that's, now now everyone's Android phone, you know, like, um, oh, wait, everyone uses iPhones. Okay. Yeah. The, all right. So yeah. let's start about some key differences. So, all yeah, right, the key- first thing is, is that is one better than other? The answer no. is emphatically no. Okay. No. There's different reasons why various people are going to be more comfortable using one than the other. Or if depending on the software or the hardware that you're using, where one will work better or worse than other. But in general, there's there's professional recording studios. There's tons of home studios that use either one. There's nothing that says one is professional or superior to the other. I just want to say this: Pro Tools expert uses Windows Now. Yeah. Anyways, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's talk about the core difference. Yeah, yeah. So kind of the the like key differences in relation to audio is Mac will come stock with a really really powerful um, like audio driver called Core Audio, and that's really really powerful. That basically for anybody that is doing home recording, maybe you're going to get like a Focusrite two i two or something like that. Um, you're basically going to have a plug and play audio interface. Whereas on on Windows, you do have to download. Uh, ASIO or ACO for all, however you pronounce that. <clears throat> I've heard it ACO both ways. Um, and then you also have to make sure you download the drivers for whatever audio interface you, you have. Like, it took a little bit of work to get my Mackie Onyx to work on a Windows computer. It took a little bit to get like the uh, Scarlett 2i2 to work on a computer. But after I got those things installed, got them working, I was like, oh, okay, here's my process. I have my process down and I can like, get this to work now mm-hmm. pretty easily. And, and I've had... Um yeah, I had a student who, uh, with his ACO for all, it was finicky. Like it would, it's like I had this working at home. He brought his Surface in to the, to the um, lesson, and 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 it didn't want to work there. So, um, and that was just using his headphone jack on the computer, and so he had to like uninstall ACO for all and. Yeah. Anyways, it's just it's it's problematic. Okay, so let me let me come into the yeah, Windows yeah. side because we they've been dicking on Windows now. So let <laughs> well, me. It's just let the core, core audio is built into it and works great, and ACO right. for all can work fine, but it is a separate thing you've got to. So again, I want to come back to the same point. If you're very familiar with computers and you are reasonably technically sav- technically savvy with computer systems. I have never had any issues with ASIO for all in the last like 15 years that I've been playing around with audio. I'm serious. Like if there have been issues, they have been mitigated for me really fast. And I know I'm the technical wizard, whatever. I thought you said that you'd had no issues. You just barely said if you had issues. I mean, if everyone has issues at some point, yeah, see, this is the thing you guys are going to be, no, no, no. But here's the thing though. Like, yeah. Okay. So you have to download drivers, but the reality is like, if you've been on windows for any length of time and you're reasonably comfortable with windows, you'll know that like, it's not like a freaking like new thing that you have to download drivers for your printer or whatever you're going to be using. And yeah, I get it. Mac is a lot more plug and play. I understand that. I'm not arguing that Windows doesn't take configuring. But at this point, you're kind of used to it if you've been using computers as long as I have. If you're a musician who's never really played with computers, go Mac. I'm never going to say not to. Like, that's not what I'm getting at. But like, good, bad, otherwise, again, a lot of those things come down to how comfortable and how much you know about your computer system again yeah, if you how, don't feel comfortable how computer with that, savvy you are i think right. that's a good point 
is is your computer savviness and that's that's really what you're saying joe yeah is that i mean and the, the tough thing is is you are really computer savvy and so it's hard to compare yourself to the average user I and i gotta fly like hit me no, in the I face <laughs> um your average user and you know if one fly gets into the studio then it just you know um, <laughs> but so like with those things, when you're considering Windows versus Mac, if you like, because I ran into this, this is why I'm bringing this up. Because oh, everyone uses Mac. I almost bought a Mac, and I probably would have been really pissed off. And I know that because I have Mac products, and they piss me off because of the things that they do, the decisions that they make that I don't like, and the decisions that they choose to affect with me. I so will say I'm that the, all the that. other things, all the non-computer Mac project products are like so plug and play that they right. do cause more problems. Like the computers are the least, I mean, you know, all the, the handheld devices, they try mm -hmm. to make them so plug and play that it's true. They can't be frustrating like that, but likewise. But yeah. Um. Anyways, so let's talk about OS features. Bryant, take it away. Like the differences in OSs. Honestly, the, the biggest one that sticks out to me is not even like that big of a deal. It's just like the look. I really think that the way that Mac is set up is really classy. Windows just feels business. I know. Old. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know. It just feels outdated a little bit to me. That's the crazy thing. I mean, first of all, the history behind this is, you know, you had these two companies creating like operating systems, you know, you had no, no stealing operating systems from Xerox, both of them. There, there's no, there's no nice guys in this. Conversation. But there's, they had like different mentalities, you know, and like Apple had the desktop con desktop concept that everything's like on your desktop and moving around. And Windows is called Windows because everything is about opening up a window for something. And and then of course they borrowed things from each other, so you have a desktop on each and you have Windows on each, but. It was interesting, like just recently, I actually got back on a PC to, on a Windows computer to help somebody out on their studio. And I was really surprised at how little had changed over the last, you know, since like over the last 15 years since I've really used Windows. I mean, and Mac has changed a ton. And the Windows interface, yeah, like, and like just the way to navigate it's it just felt really clunky and old because it hadn't and i'm like oh how do i how do i remember using this 20 years ago oh yeah it still works in the same way see there we go we're knocking on can i just say that really quickly <laughs> it hasn't changed in 20 years which means if you know how it works it's gonna work the same way exactly. 20 years later so you can sit there and dog on it, That's but like the reality is it works and I'm used to that. Exactly. I get Mac, I've troubleshot Macs. Heck, I've boot hacked half the school Macs. Don't tell anybody at school. Um, but like th all of those things I can do. If you're comfortable with it, just use is. it. And, and this is the thing. I think this is the bigger thing about Windows versus Mac because I was one of those people who's very familiar and very power, like power user, Windows user. And I was like, oh, should I get a Mac or should I get Windows? Because everyone's like, oh, get a Mac because it's like, again, all of these reasons. But the thing is, I'm still really good with Windows and I don't have nearly as many problems as a lot of other people do because I'm really good with Windows. Yeah. 
so if you're on the edge and you know you understand Windows, you don't have to go to Mac. And I think that's like the biggest thing I want to get at. Because like for me, I would have to learn a whole new interface, a whole new logic for how everything works. And I've done that. I've had to kind of play that game because half the school, like growing up, we used Macs in school and I used Windows at home. Um, and so like I was always, but see, I was also that kid that knew what was going on in the computer. So like the teacher didn't know how to fix it. So she'd be like, Oh, Joe, come fix this. And I'd go fix the thing for them. Protection from hackers and from viruses. That's what I'm Oh, you're talking about that. Yeah. So I don't. That's part of the OS. That's. That's that's, a huge part. That is really big because Macs are way less susceptible to viruses than PCs. Than no, they're not. Yes, the, they are. No, they're not. I've had this conversation with people many, many times. We'll it's not this. that Mac isn't more or less susceptible. I understand that it's a Unix-based system, and in theory, it is less susceptible to viruses, but I do remember very distinctly every fripping computer in our computer lab at one point having viruses. Like, you open a web browser, and suddenly your whole freaking screen is covered. It was such a problem at school on the Mac. So first and foremost, yes, Macs do get viruses. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you this. It's, it's simple math, um, Joe. This is the, the point that, I'm, that, I'm, that I make about this. If you are a hacker that's trying to create you know, viruses, why would you spend all this time trying to make a virus that's going to work on Mac computers and attack 2% of the population as opposed to doing it on a Windows computer and attack 98% of the population. And I'll counter that by saying I haven't gotten a virus or any kind of malware on my computer for over a decade of using Windows computers. Well, I'll tell you this. The casual user, okay? I can go to anybody on my street that uses a Windows computer mm-hmm. And the amount of viruses that they have and the amount of antivirus software that they have compared to my kid who has a Mac computer is -hmm. an astronomical difference. So you're not the normal computer user. Okay. So you can't compare to yourself. What you're saying saying is... If you go mm -hmm. around to like Windows users, like... 85% 85% of them are going to be complaining about viruses and the issues, the antivirus software that they have to pay. Here's another thing, too. <laughs> McAfee is a virus. Avast is a virus. Norton is a virus. All of those things that come bottled back, that's the other thing I do hate about like Windows and like PC bloat. Um, I will admit to that. Yes. That being said, is there more pe- like viruses? I think it's just a question of access, like you're saying. I just don't think... Yeah, I mean, the other part of it, too, is that Mm -hmm. it's really easy for Apple to address viruses for their computers because they have, like, you know, 10 hardware options with their software, so they just do another patch in their OS, and it fixes all those. Whereas with Windows, you've got a million combinations of hardware and software combinations, and they can't just create a simple patch that... They can't just go test their 10 computers... They've got to test like a million computers to try to figure out how to deal with this virus. Right. So that being said, a lot of those problems are simply, you know, solved by not going to questionable websites. It's true. Simple things like not being a freaking idiot. Anyways, um, it's true. And that's the the idiot factor is the one that you're. 
Right. No, no, no. And for the record, no, 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 no. (laughs) For the record, when people are less computer savvy and less technical, I generally point them towards Mac. I know I always get like on, like people hate me because I'm the Mac hater, but the reality is a little bit of education with your system on Windows goes a long way. And it's not that crazy. Like people try to make it like Windows is this crazy, illogical system. And it's not. Software and like how... uh, different like digital audio workstations work within um, you know, Mac versus Windows, which one's better for Mac or Windows, or which one's the best DAW. We already talked about that at the beginning. The answer is all of them are the best. Mm-hmm. And some are better built for Mac, others are better built for Windows. And some hardware solutions are, again, designed for a Mac environment, others are designed for a Windows environment. And some are actually, like, I think Ableton's probably the most system agnostic, where it runs probably the most stable on both Mac and Windows. Yeah, that's true. Of all of the DAWs I've seen. Yeah, Yeah, because most of them have, they started on one, you know, like... Like Cubase. Yeah, the software, like, was built on one operating system. And then for demand to, to meet the demand of their customers, they ported it over to the other operating system. And so it's usually the one that they did it on first. Every once in a while, and I don't know of any DAWs that this is the case in, but every once in a while it happens in like software where when they port it over to the other operating system, they have to like rebuild it and it ends up better than the than the original one. Except for Pro Tools, because yeah. it's just built on the same <laughs> crappy... <laughs> Sorry, I get a little bitter about that. Well... And that's yeah, why Pro out. Tools is going to be the last one to do the M1, the ARM, the the Apple Silicon, because they have they they're working on it, Silicon. right? They should be. They already. I thought they already had M1 support. Oh, I thought they did too. Native support. They had the Rosetta, but yeah, there's there's the Rosetta. Uh, I thought there was native support already, but maybe there's not. Yeah, I think it is. Maybe we look it up right now. But but the thing with, it, the thing with Pro Tools though is that it's not. It wasn't originally designed to be a native digital audio workstation. Yeah. It was originally designed as a whole ecosystem where it's just the software is actually running on um on like DSP DSP chips, chips yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean especially when I first started using Pro Tools LE it was really like it was really rough cuz it it was designed it was Pro Tools TDM then which was the DSP powered system. And they were, it was like porting it over like, oh, well, I guess we have to build this so that it works on, um, on the native system. And, um, and so it was really clunky for those first few years. So I just want to make one key, uh, cause I don't know how many people know this. What we're talking about is yeah. pro tools originally had, um, a slot that you could like a PCI slot is what it's called that you would put into your computer. And that has extra CPUs, extra processors on it that Pro Tools would then use. This is why a lot of people stuck with their G5 Mac towers uh, for a long time, because they could just slot in a bunch of those cool HD Pro Tools um, cards and run it that way. So that's with a rid- like Pro Tools uh, LE, right? Or whatever, I can't remember. Well, Pro Tools LE is the native. Yeah, it's pre-Pro Tools 12. 
Right. So Pro Tools native uses the CPU in your computer to do all of the processing for audio and plugins, which didn't really come into its own until we got more powerful CPUs. It was still kind of like you were saying clunky in those first iterations. Yeah. They weren't sure how to use them. We didn't have as much power. There's a whole bunch of problems that kind of existed. I think it was around 2000 is when we first yeah. started getting more into that. Well, yeah, because I mean, when Pro Tools came out, in the late 90s in the 90s there's no way a computer could like you know it could barely process like stereo audio you know i I still remember when i got a 128 megabyte flash drive it's like wow i'm never gonna fill this up yeah i remember when i got my 160 gigabyte ipod and i was like wow that's so much space (laughs) oh man i remember paying 50 bucks for a 512 megabyte hard drive uh I remember that too. Yeah. I mean, I also remember three and a quarter and like all the other smaller (laughs) floppy drives and all that stuff. So I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Um, But but anyway, so in the nineties, that was the solution. The computer wasn't powerful enough. And so they had to put those digital signal processing chips or the mini processors for it to use it. And then it was in the early two thousands when like it was actually 2001, I think is when I got my first pro tool system Pro Tools LE5. And um oh. yep. Wow. And um and it was it was like using the native processing and they'd and the computers were just starting to get powerful enough that you could do stuff and I mean I don't know if I could do more than like 20 tracks before. You know, that had limitations. I couldn't put more than like two reverb plugins entirely. I think one reverb plugin. Um but but there was those limitations and so the the DSP chips is what the, was Pro Tools TDM, Pro Tools HD, Pro Tools HDX which they still have yeah the HDX and those really powerful systems have these dedicated digital signal processing chips on them right but like which, Joe said it's yeah. the native especially in the last 10 years the native's gotten powerful enough that people are like hey why do you need to spend all this money on, the, on these DSP powered systems when you can just have a really powerful native system and, and because computers on. have come a long way. And again, yeah. like those M ones and M two max, Oh boy the, yeah. I, I know I'm a windows guy, but like the processing power is pretty rad. Not going to lie. Um, rad. He just said rad, but even, even still with those though, yeah. um, you know, some, some companies have developed some hybrid systems for like pro tools. Well, Av- Avid has their hybrid system and then there's the UAD stuff that's Mm -hmm. dsp powered um but kind of like the biggest advantage with one of those um one of one of those dsp powered systems is the low latency with Mm -hmm. intense plugins like try try running auto-tune on a native system yeah on just your your normal desktop yeah it's you're you're not gonna be able to track live with that yeah and latency is the biggest thing i mean especially with the old tdm systems like that was the only way to record with low latency and have it be professional level was to have a Pro Tools TDM system. With the, you know, even when I was first recording with Pro Tools 5 and my Digi 001, nice. um, the latency, I was, you had to do low latency monitoring and it would like try to run it as, as low of latency as possible and it was still problematic. Whereas with the, with the DSP, the dedicated system, the dedicated DSP, you can you can um, 
yeah, record with low latency. And that's what, like my system, like we've talked about before, it is a, it is also a DSP kind of powered system. And the main, the main thing I use it for is to record, like I use the mixer that is for the hardware to, to run all my like recording through so I can have as low latency as possible. And it works really well. So I want to make one more um, point because we do need to move on to like h- hardware, but specifically like audio hardware, like things like interfaces yeah. and upgrading. But I want to make a point about different um, processing chips and different versions of DAWs. So it is important for you guys to understand that certain DAWs, Pro Tools especially, are designed for certain types of computer systems. You might not understand this, but in the in the computer world, they kind of break down computer systems into different like categories and marketing categories. So most of your like most of your Mac laptops and most of your Mac um, your like cut down more like home friendly Macs. You know, like the ones where it's like the computer's all built into the monitor. Those are more like family friendly and family oriented. They don't have as much power under the hood as things like the M1 Studio or even the Mac Pro and like all of those other things in the Mac Pro Tower. Um, And those kind of, the Mac Pro Tower, the M1 Studio, those kinds of things in Mac are more workstation focused. And so what I'm getting at here is Pro Tools is more of a workstation designed um, DAW. Not all of them are. And one of the things that I think is super important to realize is things like Ableton Live, Reaper, I think even Reason, Studio One, and some of the more like updated, more digital in the box DAWs are kind of better at using modern CPU features versus Pro Tools, which was designed with a workstation. There's a little bit more nuance to that, but that's another thing to realize is some are designed, and here's another thing, some are designed better and run better on Intel, some are better on AMD for you Windows users out there. And again, some Mac systems are still being upgraded, you know, like some DAWs, I think I think Pro Tools is finally M1 good, like good on the M1 and M2 and did stuff like that. Did you guys look it up? Did it, did it say it well? I think so, it looked like, here, I'm gonna double check really quick, but, um, like things like Pro Tools M1 native support are like more common today. Yeah, it's it's good on M1 now. Monterey and M1 2022.3, which is isn't that a couple versions older? I can't remember. Uh, it would have been March 2022.3 yeah. is March. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's cool. Um, but it runs on M1. But yeah, like uh, and and that's the thing. There's a whole history about that too. Like you know, Mac used to be on these Motorola chips, and then they went Intel. And so all of a sudden, the yeah. the crossover between um, software that would work on Windows computers and Mac computers became a lot more flexible because it was a similar architecture with Intel. And then now Mac is going to this M1 ARM processor. It's also called Apple Silicon. Which is awesome. I don't care yeah. for the Apple Silicon label, but M1 and M2 are actually like super awesome Yeah, in a lot of cool ways. And it's a it's this whole concept of... of trying to incorporate all the you know a lot of separate components that are happening in the computer like hooking them all together um, and making it closer and faster yeah. that's why m1's super cool they instead of like a lot of things on like windows computers and they still struggle with this because they're trying to uh, appeal to a wider audience like windows and i would say like the difference between desktop and like workstation systems is greater but Things are put in like like one thing is here, one thing is here, one thing is here, and now it has to travel across your board to get to the processor to get that information, which you're thinking, oh, that's not a big deal, except when you're doing billions and trillions of calculations per picosecond or whatever. Um, it's not that crazy, but you know, per second or whatever. Um, 
Apple said, why have these over here? Why not just shunk, shunk? Because nowadays we can actually deal with the heat a lot better because of like thermal architectures and like better designs for those computers. And so Apple's like, why not? We have our own silicon. We're not confined by like Intel's chip design quality. So we can shrink everything down and put it closer put it so that now chip. we can have quicker and faster latency movement between the different sections of processing, which is rad. Awesome. That's also one of the differences about the Apple Silicon, though, is that it's it's not just a CPU. It's a CPU and a GPU. Yes. And RAM all together. I mean, Intel's been doing CPUs and GPUs for years, but they're not really GPUs in the same sense. Yeah, and, and it all came from, like, the handheld devices. They they, right. they de developed these this ARM-type processors for the handheld devices, and then they... Actually, Foxconn the funny thing with, with Apple, they, they realized that their, their iPad Pro was actually running more efficiently than their laptop. And so that's when they decided to, they're like, whoa, our processor for our iPad is better than our processor, our Intel processor. So so let's talk about the hardware. We talked about, um, we talked about the software with the different DAWs. And really the hardware part of that is that as well as like some companies have software that works better on Windows or works better on Mac, it's still, it works the same way with, with hardware too. So there are some interfaces, audio interfaces and other audio hardware that like certain companies, they, they work better on Windows and they, they Well, I was going to say like, Bryant, you've had some issues, not issues, but yeah, well, issues with customers that have purchased equipment and trying to get it set up on Windows versus Mac. Like, yeah, yeah. Talk about that. There's been quite a few people that have, and, you know, these are like beginner people, just average Joe. They've never done any sort of recording before. And, you know, they, they want something. Kind of kind of the expectation with anything today is that it's going to be plug and play. And within audio, especially, that's not always how audio is. It's not always plug and play. You have to do some troubleshooting. Especially, especially on Windows. Yeah, especially on Windows and getting your audio interface to, uh, to work on Windows. But part of it comes down to you know, how familiar somebody is with computers, how kind of like tech savvy and computer literate they are. Um, like there's, there's certain people that I wouldn't even, it's like, Oh, you want to get into recording? Well, let's get you this handheld recorder. <laughs> that, that'll, that, that, that'll be, that'll be the, the best thing for you. There's a, there's a technical prerequisite aspect. You have to be a little bit tech savvy. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, if if you can get a printer to work with your computer, you can probably get an audio interface to work with your computer. Yep. Yeah, I'd say it's about the same difficulty. If you yeah, if you if you if you're not if you don't feel competent to get a printer to work, then you're probably not going to be competent to get an audio interface to work. With that being said, I do want to bring up like certain ones that are like better designed for certain systems. So I use RME. That's my interface that I use because it's better integrated into Windows and it does a lot of things that Windows really should do. That core audio does on Mac, but now I get a lot of other features too with my army stuff. And I highly recommend was it it's army and Steinberg. Yes. Yeah, so army and Steinberg. Yeah. yeah they're the, the two companies that are really more windows oriented. And really, if you go in, if, if you're going to a professional recording studio that has a windows based system, they'll most likely have army. There's a couple other interface companies that they will, but army is especially for having a, bigger fancier system they have really, really good powerful. clocking yeah it's very really powerful. powerful they yeah. don't have any dsp which is kind of like i think for some people's like a major like turnoff because yeah. like ua which is more mac centric and apogee 
are more Mac centric. You get a lot more things like that with like DSP with uh, UA. Well, kind of the cool thing though with uh, RME though is, and it's also some people have complained about it. RME is still operating on USB two. Um, yeah. And there's actually a really nerdy video on YouTube that you can watch about <laughs> why they're only operating on USB two. And it's actually really <laughs> fascinating. I definitely check it. Uh, I definitely like recommend you know, doing a little YouTube search there and finding that. But it's it's kind of cool because um, really you don't need any speeds faster than USB 2 for audio. And Army's done a really good job at optimizing their software to have extremely low latency, like virtually you know, virtually zero latency um, with their software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never had any issues like that. I mean, I only have a baby face, but whatever. Baby face pro. Just a little baby face. Baby face, Joe. I love it, dude. <laughs> it's a great it's a great interface. It's a great Sounds interface. amazing. And then like on the yeah. Mac side, if if I ever talk to somebody and they're like, Hey, I want to get like a you know I want to get like a my first audio interface, but I want to get something nice. If they're on Mac, I'll get them an Apollo, like an Apollo twin. If they're on Windows, I'm not going to suggest an Apollo because even though Apollo is supported on Windows, UA doesn't even support their own software, Luna, their digital audio workstation on Windows. Mm-hmm. And everything that comes to Windows comes very, very slow um, from UA. And there's, just, I don't think it's a very good supportive system. So I'd, I'd suggest you know the baby face over that. Likewise, with those kinds of considerations, it's important to realize that though something can run on maybe both systems, it might just be more, like there are things like this. I ran into this a lot with Pro Tools. Um, A lot of people on Pro Tools tend to come from a Mac environment. And sometimes the issues that you run into on Windows, no one's encountered because you're the only one. And I've had a lot of instances where I'm searching through forums, I'm searching through other like helps, because I fix my own problems. I can't find answers because I'm like the one person. I'm like one of a hundred people that use Pro Tools on Windows. It's not really that small, but you know what I mean. I'm I'm very, like yeah. And so like there there are things like that that can mess with your user experience on those systems on your operating system. Um, I mean I don't have Pro Tools crash that often, so it's not that big of a deal. Anyways, um, just realize that things like that can happen even though it's supported on your system, quote unquote. Yeah. And it's important, you know, and that that leads to another thing. I know, I know. At the beginning, we talked about how, how, what's the best, and and neither, you know, the some of the points that that the reasons why you would choose one over the other are these things, like which which piece of hardware do you have already? Maybe, um. What's your experience? Are you really comfortable with Windows? Are you already really comfortable with Mac? Um, what are your friends using? What software are they using? You know, if if your friends are all using Cubase, all the bandmates are using Cubase, then maybe you should use Cubase. And because Cubase is made by Steinberg, it is way better on on. It's really great on Windows. Um, so those are all those kind of things. Of those are the real questions to ask yourself. Which should I? Should I use Some, something else important that's important to think along those lines is you know, what kind of music am I wanting to produce or what what exactly am I wanting to do with audio? If I'm just doing a podcast, I probably wouldn't get in any of the most any of the major DAWs. If I was doing a podcast, I'd probably just get like Adobe Audition. Um, but if I'm doing electronic music, Ableton, if you look at the people that are using, um, uh, you know, 
Ableton with the electronic community, it's pretty huge toss up between Ableton and FL studio. And so those are really good for like electronic music. If you're mainly wanting to like record audio at the same time, any of them are really good, but like pro tools specifically in my opinion is like really, really good with audio. Um, some people don't like Pro Tools because they don't like its MIDI capabilities, and they like Cubase and Logic for those reasons, or or Digital Performer. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to make a note because I think Brian, you hit on a lot of good things, and I want to like a little bit more of a refinement to what you said. That a lot of people will use these things. Like I have a friend that loves Ableton, and he's great with it, and he records in it, and he does really good mixes from recording in Ableton. But when I ask him about some of those things. It takes more steps to make the same things happen. Whereas Pro Tools, it's like a keystroke or on another. So when we're talking about it's quicker or it's more designed for that, we're talking about how quickly you can get to your end results in that DAW. All of them can pretty much do the same thing. The question is, how many steps does it take to get to that end result? Yeah. And that's why the, the different workstation flows are different. A good example is even today. Um, mm-hmm. So my um, assistant, Jacob, who's going to edit this podcast we recorded drums and he he uses cubase and um so we recorded the drums and he was taking cubase um he was taking the the tracks home to edit because it's for his project and i'm thinking i'm like he really you really should just edit him here in pro tools and so he came back today and he's like he's like yeah the multi-track editing features in cubase were they're kind of difficult. And I was telling him, I'm like, I, I ran into the same thing with Logic. Like I was working with oh, somebody yeah. and trying, we'd recorded drums in Logic. That was what they were using. And so I was like, let's do it in Logic. And then I was trying to edit the drums. And I was like, this is, and I kept running into problems. And <laughs> it throws them off. And I was like, that's it. I'm just exporting to Pro Tools. I took them to Pro Tools. It was super easy to edit, and then I moved them back to Logic afterwards because I was like, this is... And it took me like a tenth of the time. And part of it's because I'm really comfortable with Pro Tools. But part of it, too, is that Pro Tools is really designed to to be like a recording studio where you're recording live instruments and stuff. And so... Whereas those other ones, yeah. like, yeah, they're, you can do single-track editing, but they're like multi-track editing? Uh, we'll make it work, sort of, you know? Um, but they all have their, it's true, like they're, they're designed for different features and different user bases. And how quick to get to those. I yeah. want to, let's let's move on to the next topic. Uh, we have two more left. We have upgrading and then finally cost. Um, I feel like both of those kind of need to be covered at the same yeah. time because put upgrading is a it. part of your cost. I So here's the thing. With Mac, get the fastest thing you can because getting those things upgraded can be expensive. Is it good? Yes. A lot of that processing and a lot of the power is great on Macs, and a lot of them come out of the box with a lot more power than you're going to find on, well, cheaper Windows computers. I will say this. For the vast majority of what you're using, if you spend the same amount on Mac, you're going to get the same power on Windows if you spend that same amount. You're going to get pretty much the same features, but here's the catch. You're going to have to do your research. You can't just drop two grand on a lap because there are people who are trying to you know, screw you out of things and they might not be concerned about certain things that other people are. And so be you have to realize with Windows, you get what you pay for, but you got to do your research. With Mac, you get what you pay for. Yeah. And it kind of simplifies it on the end. Which that's a good point I want to add to. It's like you look at it and you see the Macs that are available. It's a $2,000 laptop and you're like, but I can buy a $500 Windows laptop. 
And why it's isn't there any $500, you know, Mac laptop? It's because the Windows offer, I mean, Mac's offerings at the time are like, they, they're, they're doing the most powerful ones that they can do. And, and so that $500 Windows laptop doesn't compare to that $2,000 Mac laptop. And just like Joe said, if you buy a $2,000 Windows laptop, it does compare to that $2,000 Mac laptop. But you got to do your research because there there are like bad sales tactics on that size because you have a lot more different companies that are manufacturing things. There's a bigger market. You're going to have to do your research. Kind of like if you're buying a car, you got to do your research. Yeah. And then upgrading your hardware on a Mac just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, like the interesting thing What about thing, the studio, the new tower? Come on, that's like upgradable, isn't it? Yeah, the the the, the Mac Pro. Yeah, the Mac Pro. Yeah. So it's spent 6 grand. It, it's it's funny because I've been you know I've been having this debate for twenty years, and um, when I started having this debate twenty years ago, most of the stuff that a regular human being would upgrade on their computer was equally upgradable on Mac versus or Windows computer, and yet it was still like oh you can't upgrade Mac since like you can upgrade the hard drive, you can upgrade the RAM, those are the two most common things to upgrade. That regular people and Joe is not, a re- you know, it's the gamers. That's always the Joe's. Joe's a Joe's an extraordinary person. He's not a regular person, right? And so, you know, are any of us regular people? No, no, not at this point. That's a right? lie. It's like- um, but like then, you know, you're gonna you're gonna want to upgrade more than that, like the motherboard and the processor and all these things, which the average Joe isn't gonna want to upgrade. But the funny thing is over the past, the average Joe, that's funny. Um, (laughs) Over the past 20 years, Mac has made it less and less simple, if not impossible, to upgrade your your hard drive space and your RAM. And so even now, it's like you pretty much have to order your computer with the amount of hard drive space and RAM that you're gonna want permanently. Yes. Because it's virtually impossible to upgrade those. Where it, like they're getting ago, a little bit better. Yeah, the, Apple has been getting a little bit better. I think in recent times because they've gotten a lot of backlash towards, and and I'll tell you why. It's because of right to repair. Um, there's a lot of backlash on the repair side of things from even qualified professionals who do this as their day job, um, where Mac will withhold things like schematics and other information from these qualified repairmen who work specifically on computers and specifically on Mac stuff. And they constantly are like, Mac, just give us this information and qualify us so that we can repair these for other people instead of having to go through your ecosystem. And Mac's like, no. Apple's like, no. Only we know how to manage our systems. And there can be problems with that with newer systems and other things as you upgrade. I want to get one more thing into this. So when you're considering that cost and you're considering that upgrade, yeah, you want to buy as big as you can on Mac. On Windows, you don't have to necessarily do that, especially if you have a desktop, if you have a desktop. Laptops are still kind of similar to what Mac is. You get the fastest CPU you can, but you can usually upgrade your RAM or your hard drives. Um, With desktops, sky's the limit, dude. If you know what you're doing, you can get a lot of power out of it. Like I was saying earlier uh, before the show, I was arguing that like, yeah, I spent $500 and I went from a four core to an eight core CPU and it only cost me $500 versus potentially sending it off to a special repair technician for your Mac, your Mac studio or your Mac system. And then having to spend that money and then, you know, those kinds of things. And then having to ship your computer off versus me, I order that stuff in. I can be, you know, done setting up my computer in about you know two hours, depending on the setup and the change. So the great thing about Macs, 
is that you get a lot of power underneath and you don't have to worry about upgrading it in a lot of ways. But as computers as computers get older, they lose a lot of power and other things like that. And you need to upgrade things to kind of maintain that. But the good thing is that you're going to get a lot of power and it's going to have a lot large, longer lifespan than maybe a Windows computer where you're going to be updating and refreshing fairly quickly. But it's a lot easier on a desktop to upgrade and refresh your computer consistently. So again, cost, you get what you pay for and you get what you research. And it's the same thing with audio equipment. I don't, you know, you don't just go buy whatever, you know, and it's the same thing with computers. The question is, do you want to spend that extra time on your computer as well as your equipment? Not everybody does. Part of it too, I think a big point of this is that um, there is a, a technical aspect. I mean, that's why recording is a technical field. I mean, it's artistic as well but it's technical and, and there's computer technical skills that are needed for it. Um, and there's skills that supersede um, the IT guys. It's funny because I've had, <laughs> I've had lots of times where IT guys are like, how do you get Pro Tools to install, you know? And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, so I had this guy who was like a very experienced IT guy years and years and he was calling me up and I'm like, oh yeah, you got to go to iLock.com and set up this account. And, and, and there's all these finicky things like for authorization and stuff. And they're always coming up with new aspects of it. Um, but then just getting the right drivers and the right, you know, everything in place, it just can be finicky. And I've had, yeah, like I said, I've had multiple times where IT guys are like, oh yeah, I can install this. And I'm like, whatever and then and then i have to come in and save the day because i'm like yeah that works for regular software but this is not regular software <laughs> it's its own and i imagine that i'm pretty the video world's kind of the same way too it's like you know it's a little finicky and not just like regular regular software um, and even regular hardware they have to get special yeah. monitors for video and stuff yeah Color and the hardware and considerations is another aspect too i mean yeah. if you think about like most software out there there's like very little hardware components but like for audio that is a huge huge part of it it's not like you just have your software that's doing everything for you the main point of the software is integrating with the hardware you know it's not like your it's not like your your image program has to work really well with your printer you know your image program can work fine without your printer it doesn't need it but your audio audio program has to work with your audio interface. Yep. So there's a lot of integration things, and it, it does take some technical knowledge, which is which is why there's all these great you know YouTube channels and, and resources online to help people out to figure those things out. But but when it comes down to it, the decision like we were saying before, like um, there are some good questions like what what DAW are you using? What hardware are you using? What are you comfortable with? Have you always used Windy Windows? Have you always used Mac? What are you comfortable with, you know, going around with? And yeah. um and then what are your what are your people that you are working with, what you're collaborating with? What are they comfortable, you know, what are they using? But when it comes down to it, like the cost that that thing is I've seen that over and over again where people compare the five hundred dollar Windows laptop to the two thousand dollar Mac laptop in this. You're an idiot if you think a $500 laptop is going to easily compare against a thing like four times the cost. Well, period. and they're not just, it's like, oh, the Mac's so expensive. and the, Yeah, but then go go get equivalent 
Windows computer, and it's the same price. So it's just like they're you're buying basically the same things, you know. Um, so, Bryant, do you have any I closing don't, arguments? Don't have any closing arguments. <sighs> go Mac settle. or go back. Nope, go Windows because Mac is for a bunch of like people who want Big Brother to be peeking into all their emails <laughs> and knowing everything. No, no, they're not going to sell it to the government. No, they want that information for themselves so they can sell it to other companies. Mm. Nothing's safe. Anyways, I'm kidding. Guys, you have a great week. Uh, I think we fought it out really good this week. The Mac guys really gave me a run for my money, but we all know the truth. Go Windows. It's a waste of time to go with those Mac nerds. Uh, and as always, mix, mix good. good. Then you messed it up! <laughs> mix good? <laughs>